The year is 2020. A wasteland and a field of ruin have destroyed our mana bases. There is but one solution, one way to save the metagame. Brave souls working for the benefit of us all. Welcome to the Astrolab. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to the Astrolab, the only podcast on the internet that everyone seems to want to ban these days. Been a little bit, uh, had a little bit of uh, some scheduling conflicts, but we're here again tonight to talk about some magic. And as always, I'm your one of your hosts, Joe Dyer, and with me as always is Mr. Scott Campbell. How you doing tonight, Scott? Uh, I'm okay, Joe, because it worked. You know, you, I know you wanted to see the Zendikar Rising card sooner than anybody else. <laughs> so I had you jump in this time machine I had built, and here we are. We're in the future. We're, Yay. We're right now. Oh, we we just we skipped a week. Okay. Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but no. Um, I I'm okay. Like there's been some work things going on. Um, you know, just some some family stuff. Uh, getting older. Um, trying to stay active in some way because working from home i'm just cooped up inside my house all day uh and i'll admit it's getting, it's a little hard not having paper magic to play to get excited about a fall set like right. this just this feels weird um however i am making a conscious effort to only play historic on arena and nice. this, this afternoon uh because I've already got my set mastery, which I, I believe you did too. Yeah, uh, yeah, I got I through I'm mine. Like, you know what? I'm going to burn all this gold and gems I've saved up to like buy some packs and stuff. So I bought a bunch of Omniket remastered stuff, and once uh, I crack my Zendikar Rising packs, hopefully I'll get enough wild cards from those to finish out some of the other decks, and now I'll have a smattering of decks through all the colors to build or to play with, so I could do my dailies. Right. Um. So I played uh, Elves, because it's like, cast 20 white or green spells. I'm like, oh, I got Elves, click. Um, so I played that, and yeah, just taking Allosaurus Shepherd. I think that's the, the card. Yeah, don't call it yeah. Allosaurus Rider, it's not that. Yeah, yeah, not, not Rider, yeah. Yeah, yep. it's like, hmm, I could either kill them, or I could kill them, or I could kill them. Let's activate Allosaurus Shepherd and just swing. Hey, right. look, they, they block and still die. Yeah. Or um, it's like, hmm, do do do. All right, well, I got like seven L's on the board. You know, maybe I could play this thing that finds my Crater Hope Behemoth, draw step, or just draw it and play it. That's totally fine, too. Right. Um, so, yeah, it, just trying to find ways to still engage in the game. Uh, j- just the game part, not any of the MPL and Pro Tour stuff and and tape delayed like the nba finals magic coverage thing that's been going on or whatever Um, (laughs) but but still still get the mechanics down untap uh draw attack oh you see i can't even name them in order like that's how much i miss paper magic (laughs) um but yeah just, just trying to stay engaged with with just the game and the mechanics of the game in some way, and look over some of these cool cards, which we're going to talk about a few of them, 
uh, right. here today. I'm sure that any of you who intake magic coverage or magic content have probably heard about a ton of the cards, but Joe and I want to highlight a few uh, that, that we want to look at for the various formats that we're interested in uh, and talk about some cards that uh, may see play or may be pillars of other formats and things like that. Right. Uh, but outside of that, Joe, how are you doing? It's It's been a minute. Yeah, um, it's been okay. I've uh, been dealing with um, my daughter starting uh, virtual kindergarten. Aww. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's been dealing with that and a bunch of other things. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, we're going camping again this weekend. So okay. uh, that'll be nice uh, down near Cowan Lake. Uh, we're going to be at the Cowan Lake State Park. It'll so probably this weekend. be really cool down there, too. So you may yeah. want to up. Yeah, it's supposed to be a little bit more uh, cooler this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll be nice. I actually think it's going to be nice. It's going to be a nice kind of like fall kind of weather weekend. Right. So, but yeah. So yeah, we're, we're doing all right. I've uh, just okay. been busy uh, playing either some Legacy or, you know, playing. I obviously finished my set mastery as well. Uh, and I actually haven't touched Arena since I finished it. So this <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> is like, all right, well, I finished this. I guess I'll just wait. Uh, seems fine. Like. So, yeah, it's been fun playing it, though. Um, I'm hopeful for a new uh, a new st- battle stage for Arena that doesn't suck like the uh, Amaket Remastered one, though. Uh, I just absolutely hate playing on that every time it comes up. Are you talking uh, about the one with all the pyramids or something? Yeah, yeah, I hate that one. The high yeah. heaven, it's so bad. Uh, it's so slow. There's that in the top of the screen. It's so dark. Like, I can hardly see how many cards are in uh, the opponent's hand. Oh, yeah. And it just, yeah, it, it, it's a problem. Which, yeah. I, I'm sure from their perspective, I'm at the top of the screen. So they, they have the same problem. So I guess the two disadvantages balance each other out? I yeah, know. I don't know. It's, uh, I, I, I like it from the aspect that I think it's cool that, like, it, like, you know, has, like, the sand and stuff like that. And the river turns to blood throughout the middle of the game. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, it just takes so much, so much resources that it's just like, eh. Like, even I, even the pet this time is kind of weird. You get this, uh, yeah. You get this hedron uh, construct thing, uh, and he's just kind of standing there. You know, and I'm like, I'm probably not going to do the set mastery for this one. Yeah, I, like I'll I'll click on him. Like, okay, he didn't do anything. Like, what happens if I click on him a couple times? Oh, wait, he's got a tummy ache. What's going on? Oh, <laughs> like he blows up. So like all his pieces so go weird. everywhere, but but they don't like they don't land on the ground. He just blows up and then reforms back into his normal shape. That's so odd. And so I'm like, strange. That's kind of it's neat for the first couple times, but then after that, it's like, okay, well, whatever. I'm still gonna keep yeah. my, my my super cool bolt dog who runs around the screen. Yeah, that that dog is like. Oh man, I'm not a <laughs> I fan like that of one. all this like added stuff on arena. It's like just let me play. But yeah, that that dog's pretty dope because Bol- like Bolt it, Dog is great. <laughs> it goes over the whole screen. It's it does. Sweet. It's so a, funny. I have a question about the virtual kindergarten before we start talking about magic. Sure. Can she send virtual apples? Uh, no, nah, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> well, that might be something to look into. Ah oh, man, virtual apples might yep. be worth it. Yep. So, all right. Well. um yeah, let's talk about some Zendikar Rising, because uh, yeah. we've got the full spoiler now. 
uh, but Scott and I each kind of picked a few cards uh, to talk about uh, because, you know, reasons. Uh, so the first one that was up on my list uh, was uh, Yasharn Implacable Earth. Uh, and, and that's, uh, so read the card here. Uh, it's uh, two generic green-white. Uh, it's a legendary uh, elemental boar, which is cool as heck. Uh, it's a 4-4. Four, four. Uh, and when he enters the battlefield, you search your library for a basic forest and a basic plains card. Uh, reveal those, put them in your hand, shuffle your library. And then it has an added writer of players can't pay life or sacrifice non-land permanents to cast spells or activate abilities. Whoa. Okay. That's a lot of text. The laundry list of things that this thing shuts off in Legacy is pretty big. Yeah. Uh, A a number one, fetch lands. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, uh, because they can't pay life uh, to uh, activate the ability. Uh, So they can't can't crack a fetch land. Now, this is symmetrical. So, woo, hey, we're back to symmetrical hate effects somehow. Yeah. Uh, This is symmetrical, so it shuts off your own fetch lands as well. Uh, but you think about like cards like uh, Force Will. You can't cast Force Will with the cell. Uh, you can't crack cards like Lotus Petal. You can't crack cards like Lion's Eye Diamond. Uh, <laughs> like stuff gets really weird. Like there's a whole laundry list of things that you can't do. Um, you can't uh, activate um, Knight of the Reliquary. Is like a card that you can't activate. Uh, when this isn't down. Uh, so there's like whole sorts of cool things that this thing shuts off that are pretty commonly played in Legacy. Uh, but really the biggest thing is like shutting off fetch lands and like pedal like LED. Like them not being able to use those cards at all is pretty good. Uh, so I, I'm pretty excited for this card. I think it's possibly playable in like Maverick. Like four mana mm-hmm. is a lot and it is legendary in a format that has Caracas. Uh, but at the same time, like having that ability like you're gonna be really good like no matter what like oh um yeah uh it doesn't shut off like wasteland or anything like that because obviously you know the sacrifice rider is only for non-land permanents right uh but like just all sort there's all sorts of cool things that this like shuts off uh you know so i i'm pretty pretty excited to see it around um you also uh like possibly could be see play in vintage uh, as a silly foil to um, Bolas' Citadel. Uh, because with oh. this out, you c- they can't cast spells off of Bolas' Citadel. <laughs> so, Pretty like, rough. Yeah, because so, you can't pay the life for him. Uh, so that's interesting. Uh, but I, I think this card's neat. It could probably see play, like I said, in like Maverick and Legacy. It also could probably see play in the Titan, Stompy, Titan Dryad deck. Uh, because colors just don't matter in that deck. And it's green. So it had, you can find it with Green Sun Zenith uh, very easily. So And it also gets you lands. Uh, but the reason I say it might be good in like uh, that kind of Titan, Dryad, Stompy deck is because those decks don't generally play fetch lands. Right. Uh, they're playing like, you know, soul lands and like Mox Diamond and stuff like that. Uh, and the lands that they're sacrificing are generally like Wasteland or stuff like that. Yeah, and this so, one gives you uh, basic forest and basic plains. It doesn't yeah. give you scrublands or, or savannas or yeah. Whatever. But they, it, it replacing its its uh, its its lands is pretty good. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm excited about this card. I think it's neat. Honestly, you know, 
It's a good thing that there's not a creature card in Legacy that says your green spells are uncounterable. Mm. Oh, wait. Yeah, well, and see, that the funny thing about that is, is that, that card's actually seeing play in other decks besides Elves. Yeah. Now, Allosaur Shepherd is, because uh, these Cloud Post decks, these Mono Green Cloud Post decks are playing it, because being able to protect your Primeval Titan and your Elvish Rejuvenator and your crop, your crop Rotation, Crop mm-hmm. Rotation really is a big one, Crop Rotation and Green Sun Zenith, protecting those cards is insane. Uh, especially, you know, anybody who's ever resolved a crop, tried to resolve a crop rotation and gotten it countered, just feel has knows the pain of what it's like to try and cast copper crop rotation and have it get countered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the worst feeling in the world because you have to sack a land, you know, to cast crop rotation. You know, yeah. so getting it countered is just like, well, crap. Yeah, it's like a two for one. <laughs> right. So um, having you know, Alasaur Shepherd as a way to like, for to vent that like is pretty good. But that's why I, I kind of wonder if. Uh, Chalice of the Void on one is the best counter spell in Legacy. Uh, but it's not against like these Allosaurus Shepherd decks. Well, so. well, it counters the Allosaurus Shepherd being played, but yeah. no, it doesn't. Real? It oh, doesn't. Allosaurus Shepherd it can't, can't be, be countered, countered itself. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Why do yeah. they make that card, dude? I don't know. It's great. Uh, <laughs> it's so great. So green doing yeah. green things again. Green doing green things. Yeah. But yeah, so, it's. I think it's because I think Yasharn's neat. Um, I think it'll be fun to try stuff with so i should play this in my uh four color loam sideboard right i don't know that might be interesting because yeah i mean you're still are they still playing knight of the reliquary in that deck yeah we yeah, yeah it's, that could be problematic like if you have it you're not you know be able to feed knight of the reliquary with knight of the reliquary uh, uh, and not use fetch lands that's why like, i kind of so, said it jokingly but you're yeah. like well maybe and i'm like oh. uh, yeah i don't know i mean i can see it maybe as like a sideboard threat yeah because they get for against certain decks where you know you just want this effect so what's crazy is i've been seeing some of those decks uh dip back into red and mm-hmm. become these like five color loan decks where they're using um clothes oh yeah because that card's insane yeah as they're like <laughs> one red card where yep. they might find another red card to use i'm like why can't oh. we just run Clothis and a Johnny Vengeance and just call the day on the red cards? A, a lot of um, the the fact is that Clothis can be found with Green Sun Zenith. Oof. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, my God. And it yeah. goes right into play. Yeah. <sighs> and the card's really hard to deal with in Legacy. Oh, God, so honestly. gross. Honestly. Yeah. It, it's absurd to deal with. Like, you know, it will never be a creature almost ever, ever so, like, it's yeah. just impossible to deal with. But And Tiger yeah. just spiked, so, you know, whatever, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> So, yeah, I, I think this is neat. The only big downside of this card is obviously it's legendary. Yeah. Uh, but uh, being a 4-4, four, four, that's pretty good rate for, you know, a 4-4 four, four for 4. Uh, oh, is not oh, yeah. Too bad. Yeah, stats are fine, yeah. Yeah, so, but, yeah, legendary is the only big downside of the card, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it's neat. I'm I'm excited. I also really like the art. Uh, I think the art is really cool. It's it's a giant, grown over you know looking boar pig creature. It it looks know? like a legendary boar. Like yeah, if you look at what it's standing on, it it looks like it's standing on just some mountain ledge. Like this mm. thing, if we were to put this in size categories for Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, this thing would be gigantic. Was it whatever the rating is above huge? Mm-hmm. It's definitely well beyond huge. Like right. I can just see like an adventuring party just cresting over the hill and seeing this. Like, 
uh, we made a wrong turn. Let's let's go back. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which which is crazy because how big this thing is, and then you look at the stats. It's like mm, four four. Like I would think this would be like a forty forty. Like some crazy Yu Gi Oh stats with how big it is on the art. But right, you know that things sometimes don't translate that way. But yeah, right. like if it stood on its hind legs, it could probably reach one of those Earth moats uh, at the top of the art there. Right. Yeah, it's it's neat. I um I'm excited for it. I I think that's gonna be a fun card for me to try oh, yeah. around, play around with. So oh, yeah, I'll definitely in, try it. <laughs> goes in the Nick Fit. That's totally you. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Obvi- obviously, Nick Fit playable. Yep. So, <laughs> uh, so the other card I had a one of the other cards I have on the list was a Forsaken Monument. Oh man. Uh, so this is a five five generic uh, legendary artifact. Uh, colorless creatures you control get plus two plus two. Whenever you tap a permanent for colorless, add an additional colorless. And when you cast a co- ever you cast a colorless spell, you gain two life. Uh, my biggest uh, thing here was that this is yet another card that goes uh, infinite with basalt monolith. Yes. Uh, so I was like, oh well, that's cool. Like yet another card that says, uh, you know, tap basalt monolith for four, untap basalt monolith for three. Net one mana. Great. <laughs> yep. Uh, but uh, like this also like. Debt doubles mana, adds mana on things like Eldrazi Temple. Uh, you know, it also you know it's mana on ancient tombs. Now it does cost five. That's obviously the biggest downside of it. So yeah, it's taking the slot of Reality Smasher. Yeah, I doubt it sees play based on that alone. Uh, I actually more like interested in it in um, Vintage, uh, where you have oh, you know shops. some of the shops. Yeah, Mistress Workshop topping for four. Oh, my God. Uh, and then obviously, you know, this is not hard to cast in vintage five mana is nothing, uh, just because, you know, between a mistress workshop and a mana crypt, this is turn one play. <laughs> so <laughs> because why not? Right. And then you're untapping and you have nine mana. If you, you know, are untapping to turn, turn two with, you know, your mistress workshop and your mana crypt, your Good mana crypt's going to produce three, your mistress workshop's going to produce four. That's seven mana. So yeah, and all the moxin you but, play just gain you, know, you two life. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That too. Yeah. <laughs> that is true too. Yeah. You cast this first, and then you start casting moxin, and you're just like, oh, I'm. I it doesn't matter if I ding myself with ancient tomb. I can just gain it back by casting whatever I cast. Right. So yeah, yeah. So I think this could be playable even if it's only just like a one of, in like some of the Golos shops decks that have been showing up. It's not playable in Ravager like good old fashioned like aggro shops. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely these more controly like prisonish uh, shops that have shown up that are playing cards like Golos uh, as a land tutor, not even actually like, you know, using his secondary ability. They're just using him as a land tutor essentially. Right. Uh, hmm. For cards like Tolarian Academy and extra workshops and like in like post board matchups like tabernacles when you need tabernacle that sort of thing so speaking of prison decks could we possibly see something like that in modern like i don't know think about this for a minute right obviously you have your chalice uh cards you have cards like spatial contortion to deal with like little aggro decks right or little aggro creatures um it's i've seen a bunch of decks in historic run both carns yeah right uh, being able to go find, like in modern, go find Ensnaring Bridge and just play that, right? So you have your another prison piece. Then you play 
this thing here, this Forsaken Monument, and the Karn that makes the constructs, uh, well, all those are now huge. Yeah. Right? Like, that... I don't know. It, it feels weird because it feels, still feels like maybe the correct thing in that format is still to just play, you know, turn three Karn Liberated. Oh, sure. You know, so I, I, I don't know that it really does anything uh, in that format or not. This is definitely an EDH card. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like, this is, like, the dumbest thing in EDH, especially, again, because it's yet another card that goes infinite with Basalt Monolith. <laughs> yeah, the, the only problem with this, at least from my standpoint, uh, is the fact that my girl Brea makes uh, blue thopters, not colorless mm. thopters. Yeah. Uh, like, I've seen a lot of deck lists that have both uh, blue and colorless thopter creation cards, and I'm like... That's going to be like way too confusing, like for just a, fig- a, yeah, yeah, for a board state. Like, let's cut the colorless Thopter cards out. Even though I did include uh, Thopter Foundry to help go uh, infinite with um, Time Sieve and all that stuff, but whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, in, in a deck like I think um, the Sahili uh, Commander deck. Uh, yeah. So that one I think makes uh, colorless tokens. Joyra. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joyra, yep. That, yeah, that's I, would, I would slot this into a Joyra deck like, practically all day long because uh, like, I have tinkered with like the Joyra shells uh, obviously in, in the past mm-hmm. on my own and a lot of the Joyra shells that I've, that I've built in like Forge and stuff uh, when Paradox Engine was around in the format, it was a lot worse. I thought, and I was still like, a lot of people actually just played the played it too much, mm-hmm. but it was absolutely the most absurd thing to do, uh, because Paradox Engine would make everything dumb. Uh, but now that you have, uh, I think the ideal Joyra deck just ends up being uh, a massive pile of uh, mana rocks, uh, like as many as you can jam into the deck, uh, and then also. Um, cards that uh reduce costs of things mm-hmm. so between like ethereum sculptor and like foundry inspector semblance anvil um semblance was it Hel- Hel- helm of awakening like you just play a bunch of these cards that you know reduce all the cost of things and then all of a sudden you're casting four drops for free and drawing cards with um you know joyra but then also like mystic forge yeah, <laughs> you know, all all you got to hit is Mystic Forge and Sensei's Divining Top, and you just won the game. Like you're just gonna win the game because you're gonna hit everything you need. And if you miss on a Mystic Forge, you know, top deck, you just draw your play top, play it, and then draw, and then just keep going until you get Aetherflux Reservoir or something like that, and That's so good. just blow them up with Aetherflux Reservoir. So now, now to be clear for uh, those watching at home. Uh, we're talking about Jora Weatherlight Captain from Dominaria and also yeah. Double Masters. Yeah. Not not Joyra of the Gitu, which is my preferred Jora because the spend counters are absolutely broken, especially in uh, EDH. Um, but yeah, I think yeah. I think it's just I think you can very easily potentially uh, with that deck go off and it's just in your not even like really trying. You can go off like turn three. Oh, sure. Uh, with Joyra, like, you could cast her turn two uh, just between, like, playing, like, something like an Ancient Tomb into, like, um, either uh, Is It Signet and then mm-hmm. play a second land on turn two and cast Joyra. Yeah. And then just start going off. 
Yeah. Uh, and of course, you get all these like zero drop mana rocks, like you know, Mox Amber, Mox Opal, you know, Lotus Petal, Chrome Locks. Uh, I was I wasn't even like play I, like the one list I have built in Forge right now. I, I'm not even playing Chrome Mox in. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. you don't need it, but no. Uh, and, and then like all of like these like dumb mana rocks, like you know all the really dumb ones, like Mindstone, Mind and yeah. uh, you get to play you know uh, Basalt Monolith, Grim Monolith, Everflowing uh, Chalice. Uh, I'm not playing that one in that list. Oh. Uh, no, I'm playing more like the stuff like Hedron Archive, uh, Felwar Stone. No Felwar Stone. Man, um, I, I'm naming mana rocks and just yeah. completely missing. That's crazy. Um, like Dreamstone, Hedron, uh, all the big Silver ones. Silver Mirror. No, no mirrors. Okay. Uh, the number of creatures that are in the deck are, is like, like excessively low. Uh, like the biggest number of creatures is, ends up being like Metalworker. Uh, Ethereum Horn Sculptor is the name of the card, I think. is the Minotaur that has, ca- the artifact Minotaur that has Cascade. Okay. Because uh, that's really absurd. Uh, Emery, obviously. Ornithopter. Like, yeah, uh, no Ornithopters. Oh, man. Uh, and, uh, Emery, Lurker of the Lock, uh, because that card is absurd. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you can buy with Metalworker. Ethereum Sculpture, Foundry Inspector. Uh, Joyra's Familiar. Uh, the one that reduces historic oh, costs yeah, yeah, yeah. by one. So, yeah. really, really, it's just like you're looking just to hit a bunch of a, bu- a big pile of cost reducers mm-hmm. and then every artifact you cast at that point is just gravy so and, and, and here's this, and this here's, just ends up being super dumb for that plan oh yeah because you're just gonna be like i'm gonna cast this and i'm gonna gain life 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 uh and then it gets better if like you have to like win like by the combat step you can just toss in a copy of um sahili sublime artificer the one that makes servo tokens every time you cast a non-creature spell. Oh, yeah, yeah, You just cast a bunch of non-creature spells and make a bunch of tokens. So, here, Here's what's crazy, though. And a lot of people don't realize this because it's just our nature to try and optimize. We talked a little bit about that on the, uh, uh, the quote-unquote pre-show, talking about D&D and stats and min-maxing. Yeah. You can build a uh, high power tiered Jorah Weatherlight Captain EDH deck. We're talking like eight, maybe even pushing nine level on a scale of one to ten. I think this probably is pushing nine. Yeah. yeah. Has With, to be. Yeah. Without buying any reserve list cards. Yeah. There, there are enough I don't cards. Think there, I don't think there's any reserve list cards that you really need for that. Yeah. There, there are yeah. enough cards out here that are in is it colors or especially artifacts. There have been a ton of artifacts printed in the last year. Like a ton. And we're not even in like any artifact sets. Yeah. The obvious uh, dumb dumbness is like it whether or not you actually like need a mana crypt or not. Uh and that's I, I don't think you do. You don't, but like I think that's what pushes it. Like that's one of the cards that pushes it up higher. Just enough. Oh, as far as power yeah. level? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Most yeah, definitely. Like a, a like, mana crypt. Um, having both mana crypt and soul ring is really what pushes. Like, yeah. Yeah, because because that's the other thing. Like you can also just set up Joyra on turn two by just playing turn one land soul ring, and then playing turn two land Joyra. Like you don't even have to do much there. Yeah. To really set that up, so. Yeah, and even cards like uh, Ancient Tomb. Yeah, like, yeah. You know. City so, yeah. of Traders, if you want City of Traders, but honestly, you don't need it. Like, no, but so. but still, there there's enough cards without the ones we just mentioned, 
where you could be a pretty competitive uh, four-player pod EDH deck. You don't have to have fetch lands. You don't have to have expensive dual lands. Like, you want your lands coming to play on tap, so make sure you have your Sulfur Falls, your uh, right. Spire Bluff Canals, your, your Steam Vents, uh, Shivan Reefs. But yeah, you don't need to go too crazy on your mana base. So if you're looking for a sweet artifact deck, you know, here here's Joe and I, the Legacy and Modern guys, talking about EDH. Like, what yeah. in the world is going on, right? No, I, I actually, this was some of, this is something I would probably lay proxy and build. If I yeah. really, re- if I really sat down to like refine the list uh, more, I, yeah. I I would probably do it because it's it's pretty freaking wild and it plays Mystic Forge and I like Mystic Forge. Yeah. So if, if I didn't have uh, Brea built and almost foiled, I think I'm like ten cards away. Yeah. Um, I I would probably do this. I would get a play mat with Joyra on it, build a deck like this, and probably not be invited to any ETH <laughs> games because yeah. I, I would I mean, just power out I, something stupid like i don't know a traxos uh or uh just something gar- or just combo off i am i am playing a pile of planeswalkers too so interesting uh because you get to play both te- like you get to play both mono blue tezzerets uh oh, so you get to yeah. tezzeret the seeker and tezzeret artifice master which is but tezzeret the seeker is really good at finding you you know what you need to win the game mm-hmm. uh and then you have like Doretti. Uh, Scrap Savant, and then Karn, Cyan Uh You definitely want Karn, Cyan Aversa, because uh, yeah. that, that card can also just win you a game on your own. Just like, oh, make a big fat token. Yeah, that's, the, that's what token. I was thinking of earlier, is the, the yeah. one that makes the tokens. Yeah. And then I'm also playing some Storm Spells, so, because it makes sense to play some Storm Spells. Because why deck. not? Well, because like, you get to play like Grape Shot, and you get to play like... Because uh, Grape Shot can clean up creatures. Uh, yeah. Ignite memories, uh, and then I also have uh, a copy of Mind's Desire because Mind's Desire. That's true. I mean, plus... <laughs> like if you hit Mind's Desire on a good number and it exiles you a bunch of a bunch of historic spells, which are basically going to be artifacts, mm-hmm. then you're just going to draw more cards with Joyra. I I, I so. can't fault you for playing Storm in a deck like this because we have Storm in Walmart. So yeah, so yeah, it's a, I I think it's neat. Like. Um, I, I have a lot of fun with mm-hmm. this kind of deck. Um, obviously, you get to play like you can play like the artifact lands and um, like all that fun stuff. And I played in the Urza lands for shits and grins. Like, oh yeah, might as well. Like <laughs> that's just auto include. Yeah, right. You know, so it seems fun. So yeah, but I would definitely work Forsaken, Forsaken Monument into that kind of deck because it just seems like appropriate for that kind of deck. But also any like colorless deck. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be an instant staple in any colorless EDH deck that's going to want to play it. Anybody playing like, you know, Kozilek or Ulamog or mm-hmm. you know one of those you know you know colorless generals or something like that, you're just going to want to play it because it's going to just double all your mana. It bas- that's basically all it does. It's just you're going to play a bunch of mana rocks in this deck anyways because you want to ramp to your commander because your commander generally costs costing like ten or eleven, or in the case of like big Kozilek that draws you cards, twelve. Yeah, all, all your wastes uh, essentially tap for two. Ooh. That's oh, ridiculous. Ooh. Yeah. Okay then. Uh, so the other card, the only other card I had on my list was to talk about was Valica Exploration. Mm, okay. Uh, and I think this card's cool, sweet. Uh, it's uh, two and a red for an enchantment. Uh, it has landfall. Uh, whenever a land enters the battlefield under control, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card for as long as it remains exiled. At the beginning of your end step, if there are cards exiled with Valakut Exploration, put them into their owner's graveyard, then Valakut Exploration deals that much damage to each opponent. 
Uh, I see this seeing play in lands, actually, in, like, Legacy lands. Uh, because I think it's pretty good with, like, exploration effects. Wow. Uh, and then also at the end step here, I was like, oh, I just put the stuff into my graveyard where I want to go anyways because uh, of life alone, and yeah. I'm just sitting here rereading this card. Yeah. And rereading this card. And it's pretty absurd. <laughs> this is nuts. Now, granted, yeah. it costs three, but for, for like lands, like what you're talking about. Yeah, it's they, nothing. They yeah. could probably put that out turn one on like a, a, a really good hand. Oh, turn, yeah. Turn two probably consistently. Yeah. Um, and then it's just a value engine. Yeah. Uh, value engine and possible win condition. Yeah, because, you know, your game plan uh, going against that deck, like, all right, I got to make sure that I know how to properly wasteland so they don't get the Merit Lage token. And then they're like, Valica Exploration. Go. Yeah. That's right. like, uh, I just died. Yeah. So the other uh, obvious application for this card is uh, in Vintage. Uh, because of the card Fast Bond being unrestricted. Wait, Vintage <laughs> plays lands? I thought they just played Moxon. You can play lands in Vintage. Okay. Uh, this is a thing you can do, and this goes <laughs> infinite with Fast Bond. So, <laughs> things oh, that yeah. go infinite oh, with Fast Bond are just absolutely fantastic. Oh, look, look so. folks, I, I just celebrated a birthday, so when Joe first said Fast Bond, I should have picked up on that, because I remember that card from revised or whatever like a million years ago oh man uh, but yeah thinking yeah. thinking back to when i was like under 20 to now at 45 it, it takes a while so he had to say fast bond a second time yeah to get a reaction but yeah. Yeah. anything that goes infinite fat with fast bond for me is just gucci i just i love oh, that card so God. much it's That's... so much fun to play fast bond decks, and uh, I'm also excited. There's there's another card in this set that um, is going to play well with fast bond, and it's the one that we saw we talked about the last time we were on here, uh, which was um, one of the cards that they revealed uh, during the spoiler the the stream or whatnot, which was the crab. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's a fast bond deck in vintage that's lovingly referred to as Eric's Crab Shack. Uh, and uh, one of the big things that that deck does is that it ha once it has fast bond in play, it will play um, cards like uh, bounce lands, like the Simic Grove Chamber, uh, Gregory Rot Farm, or whatnot, mm -hmm. or um, Obero Palace in the Clouds, which can bounce itself. Uh, and you just play that and trigger trigger Hedron Crab, you know, and Hedron Crab them, you know, and then bounce it and then tr play it again and take a point of damage and, you know. And there's a certain amount of damage that you can take if you can do this on turn one. You know, if you can get you know both Hedron Crab and Fast Bond into play on turn one, and you're only at, and you're at still at twenty life, you can go all the way to one life and you will have milled them entirely. Yeah, yeah. There, so, there's a new goes, crab in town called Ruin right, Crab for right. blue. So it's now you can play both of them. <laughs> yep. Now it's now the deck just suddenly becomes a lot more redundant. Oh my god! Uh, but uh, yeah, fastbound shell, fastbound shells really opened up a lot of space. Uh, in the, even though they haven't really done anything in vintage, like as far as the, I, I shouldn't say done anything. Their decks have existed; they just haven't persisted. Like they were popular for like a good couple months, and then they just kind of drifted off uh, as more people played other stuff. Uh, so uh, those decks still exist; it's just that they're not popular. So uh, this is what we need, though. This is what we need to make it popular. 
we need someone to be on coverage during uh, Swiss rounds with uh, a deck like this, like what we're talking about with Falcon Exploration, yeah. uh, Fast Bond, and maybe one of the one of the crabs or whatever, just, just something, right? And vintage, and have Randy Bueller be calling the match. Yeah. Because if there if someone goes off turn one and wins on on the play, then that's going to be one of those. Maybe not to the Lightning Helix level of Randy Bueller's infamous calls, but that's going to be a pretty strong like top ten. Yeah. People will watch it, be like, "Oh, that seems neat. I want to kill my opponent before they can go. I'll play this deck." Yeah, you know. I think the unfortunate thing about this is is um, Randy's not really doing a whole lot with Magic right now. <laughs> yeah. So, I, but uh, I mean, there is already a deck in the format that does like this just a little bit better so valkyrie respiration is kind of cute mm-hmm. uh, but it obviously you know you play it because it's cute because it's fun uh but there is that um the the zeus bond deck mm-hmm. in vintage uh where you get to play um fast bond with like mishra's workshop uh and because um, why not crucible worlds oh. uh because once you have crucible worlds to play with fast bond uh, you can do some really nutty sh- nutty things with uh, Bazaar Baghdad. Um, so you, you tap Bazaar Baghdad, and you draw, and then you discard, uh, and then you can, if you have a wasteland, uh, you can play your wasteland, uh, wasteland your bazaar, replay your bazaar in your wasteland from the yard, and then tap your bazaar and just go keep going through your deck uh, until you hit like a glacial chasm. That's really what you want to hit. You want to hit like a glacial chasm. Uh, so that you can prevent the damage from fast bond. Oh my goodness! Uh, and then you basically just uh, the way that that ends up working is if you're unopposed at this point, mm-hmm. uh, your opponent will never do anything for the entire game because uh, they will lose on the next turn uh, because the deck uh, is a pile of prison artifacts too. <laughs> so uh, what you'll end up doing is. If they ever, if you, if you were on a draw and they had any lands in play, they will have no lands in play by the time you're done because you will strip mine them out of the game. Right. <laughs> uh, if they have any Moxen in play, they will not be able to use them because you will have null rods in play. Huh. Uh, because what? but the that card plays, does nothing. The deck plays buried ruin because plays buried ruin because buried ruin sacrifices to get an artifact back from the graveyard. Oh my god! And then you can replay buried ruin and keep doing this. So you're gonna pass turn with a you're with four null rods in play, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, four sphere resistances. Sure. Uh, you know you're gonna play uh, your your thorn of amethyst. You're gonna play all this other stuff, uh, and then you're gonna put into play uh, your dark depths and your thespian stage. And and you're gonna be like, you can't attack me. You can't cast spells. Your moxen do nothing. You don't have any lands. Uh, and I'm going to make a 2020, and I'm just going to sack Glacial Chasm to the cumulative upkeep trigger. I, I was going to suggest, like, maybe Hogak for a shell like this, but no, that sounds like a lot more fun. <laughs> it is a lot more fun. Hogak sees play in Bizarre Decks with just mana. Yeah. So, but, so yeah, those were the only cards I really wanted to talk about from this set. I, am, I, I, think, I think this one's neat. I think it's just kind of fun, but I do think it'll see play in Legacy oh. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like just the fact that like when it when it works well with exploration, uh, as I think what will make it interesting. So sounds like it. 
but well, uh, you had a couple cards you wanted to talk about as well. Yeah, uh, you just talked about a red card with your Thalcut exploration. I'm going to talk about a red card to lead us off, um, which is kind of unusual for me. But <laughs> this card, Magmatic Channeler, one in a red, creature type human wizard, which is important for the party mechanic because you have to have a warrior, cleric, rogue, and wizard to right. max out your party. It's it's a 1-3 when you play it. That's fine. Uh, but as long as there are four more instant and or sorcery cards in your graveyard, Magmatic Chandler gets plus three, plus one. So it could be a 4-4 four, four Yeah. if you already have spells in your yard, which red decks usually do. Uh, you could tap, discard a card, exile the top two cards of your library, then choose one of them. You may play that card this turn. So... Yeah, this is kind of hot. Uh, yeah, and oh no, this is, this is absurd. Yeah, and this card's only, actually really stupid. It's only a rare. One of the problems that uh, red-based direct damage decks usually run into is they run out of cards. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to say this replaces Eidolon the Great Rebel because that card still does damage, but I could see people trying to put that in there or maybe put this in place of one of the other few creatures that are in the deck. Uh, probably not Goblin Guy, because that card's too good. But uh, but with this, like, say you draw a mountain or a useless land, right? Just tap this, discard it. Oh, look, one of the two cards is Boris Charmin. They're at four life. Now they're dead. Right. Um, or uh, if you're doing something weird, I, I don't know what you'd be doing to maybe give this Vigilance. But you'd be able to attack with it, use it the same turn, so that's kind of neat. Right. Um, but no, yeah, this card, when I looked at this, uh, let's back up actually for a minute. So back in the day, there was this green Lugroif that was printed in this set a long time ago called Future Sight. You may have heard of it. Yep, yep. This card called Tarmogoyf was printed. It had a bunch of text on there, and people were like, eh, whatever. Right? Anything isn't going to be any good. Turns out the card's good because you're just playing the game. You don't right. have to do anything special. You don't have to build your deck any weird sort of way. So when you look at cards that reward you for just simply playing the game, like Snapcaster Mage, Dark Confidant, uh, Stoneforge Mystic. Well, yeah, Dreadhorde Darkness. Stoneforge <laughs> yeah. Mystic, even though you're, you know, you got to build it with equipment or whatever. Um, Magmatic Channeler is one of those cards yeah. that rewards you simply just for playing the game. It's also not legendary, so you can have two of these in play, have like a fetch land and uh, any other land in play, or in your hand. Uh, I'll discard these. I have four mana. What can I find? Oh, there's a Lightning Bolt, a Lava Spike, and a Boros Charm. Sweet. I'll cast two of these spells. My opponent's really dead. Like... This card's going to do some work, and I don't know how much of an impact it'll make in modern because the amount of creatures are really limited in the Boros Burn decks. But I could really see this making a home in like Pioneer or Historic uh, as uh, a card that really is at the center of those red decks. This is legacy playable. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh my like, god. Like blue red Delver. Could style you, decks yeah this is absolutely legacy pay it playable could you imagine it's, like it's very uh, good i'll discard this scalding tarn oh look there's a fire blast 
Yeah, not even not even like Burn. Like it's playable mm-hmm. in like Blue Red Delver. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, you just like again like even though like Delver has cantrips and stuff like that, like sometimes you just run out of gas. Yeah. Uh, and also this like just says you can play that card that turn. So like if you like flip like a force of will, mm-hmm. uh, you can cast a force of will with its alternate cost. Yeah. So, so yeah, your whatever like, you're doing is protected for that turn. Yeah. Right. Or force of negation. Yeah. Or whatnot, because you can activate this at instant speed. Yep. So like it's just it's really good. Oh my uh, god. And then it just becoming a four four like randomly is just absurd. You could set up the top of your deck using brainstorm. Oh yeah. Ugh. Yeah, absolutely. See, yep. this is why I go to you for my legacy takes <laughs> instead of trying to do my own. Yeah, it's it's definitely a very very powerful card. Strong. Uh, yeah, I, I do think this will see play. Yep. Uh, yeah, for sure. So, but yeah, neat neat card. I'm I'm excited for it. Yeah, um, I'm excited to see what it does. Same. Um, but. Same. Uh, and then you. So yeah, continue. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> next on the list, uh, of course. It's me. I have to talk about a Planeswalker, right? Uh, we talked about a couple previously. We talked about Jason Nahiri, but we didn't see Nissa at this time. We knew Nissa was going to be in the set because product packages were spoiled or previewed or whatever to kind of give us a hint of what was coming in the set. Right. So here's Nissa. Nissa of Shadowed Bows. Bows? Bows? Bows like the speakers. I don't know. Um, Bows. She's two a black and a green. So we have a Golgari Planeswalker here. Uh, four loyalty. So just like with your boar you're talking about, here we have a four mana cost card with four, and it's loyalty or power and toughness. So that's kind of neat. Uh, Nissa has the landfall keyword, where whenever land enters the battlefield under your control, put a loyalty counter on Nissa. On, on this Nissa so specifically. Wild. That's nuts. Yeah. Uh, but wait, there's more. Uh, plus one, untapped target land you control. You may have it become a 3-3 elemental creature with haste and menace until end of turn. So no vigilance and no staying around. So it's kind of a power down version of her previous, which I kind of like that because one of the things that I found with Planeswalkers is they do them from one set to the other. Whatever their abilities were the last time we saw them, we, we kind of don't get that the next time we see them. Like, there seems to be a disconnect. Like, there there's... With this, there's a sense of continuity. Like, oh, well, the last Nissa turned lands into creatures, so this one does as well. So, right. kudos to Wizards, and they cleaned it up a little bit, making it not so um, broken, for lack of better phrasing. <laughs> um, but then, then, minus five, you may put a creature card with converted mana cost less than... Or equal to the number of lands you control onto the battlefield from your hand or graveyard with two plus one plus one counters on it. So, right, uh, you don't play this on turn four unless you have mana build up from Lotus Cobra triggers. Uh, what you do is you play this on turn five, then play Fable Passage for the turn, getting a landfall trigger, then activating Fable Passage. I'm uh, getting another land and putting another loyalty counter on her. And then minus five Nissa, which leaves her at one loyalty at that point, and put, I don't know, whatever, uh, into the onto the battlefield, as long as it's six land or uh, six converted mana cost or less. Right. So, Uro, D3, 
to get another landfall trigger on Anissa, or oh, God, yeah, or some just giant card, giant cre- like Elder Gargaroth, um, or uh, just think of any uh, Terror of the Peaks, um, just any giant fatty that could just straight up block for Nissa, because maybe you've used removal spells on the opponent's other crap. Uh, that they have on the battlefield up to the point where you cast Nyssa. So, yeah, if you can control the battlefield up to a point, uh, keeping threats off the board, you could play Nyssa into a fatty and have a blocker and have this planeswalker, and your opponent's like, oh, I'm about to lose. Right. Pretty, yeah. pretty dumb. Yeah, that seems it seems like a neat card. Uh, it's definitely different, so... Uh, I kind of kind of wonder what, uh, kind of wonder what lore wise what gets her into black. Yeah, so, I I'm I don't know because she was blue, that. then went back to monocolor, and now she's black. Yeah, so I'm I'm curious about that part, but yeah, it seems like a neat neat maybe, card for sure. Maybe it's her coming to grips with that. Maybe she's not the sweet innocent. Uh, Elfie girl or whatever, because she she had a hand in what's happened on Zendikar throughout yeah. the the plane's history. Um, so maybe that's kind of where that is. Plus, uh, with how she's been written both uh both well and poorly over the last like year plus, uh, perhaps maybe she's uh, trying to be that loner. But then I guess in the story. She sees Nissa like really doing some bad stuff and like huh. Nahiri, uh, or yeah, Nahiri doing some bad stuff and it's like, huh. Uh, instead of trying to be the big tough person and do things myself, I'll just go get help and go get Jace. So it's right. like, uh, so here we have someone who, a character who we've been wanting to see written, maybe she could stand up for herself. Maybe, maybe she could show us her true potential. No, I gotta go get a dude. And I'm like, really? Click, yeah. Click. I'm <laughs> so, but the card, the card's cool because uh, the, the the key thing is your hand or essentially your graveyard. So you could have like a self mill deck. You could have uh, maybe you've discarded a creature card uh, through maybe collector brutality to uh, escalate that and now you get that creature back essentially for free um yeah oh man wait a minute hold on wait a minute i just had a thought oh no so thoughts are bad scott don't you know that abzan abzan right okay and and yeah let's say you discard a card to escalate collector brutality let's say that card that you discarded is um Obzadat. Okay. So you played this on turn five. And oh I'll just bring this Obzadat into play. And oh I still have white or black man or whatever open. Uh you can put you can fatal push now or path to exile on their attack or whatever and you get turned back and oh here here's Obzadaddy. And your board's cleared. I'm going to smash in and activate Nissa. Take eight. Or take ten, actually. I gained two of that. Something or other. Yeah. 
I, I'm just seeing it forming in my head. It, all the pieces aren't there yet, and I may be speaking wrong or whatever, but right, they, they might might see a Abzan mid range deck, or or oh god, like what if what if you minus five and put Siege Rhino into play from your graveyard? No oh god, Ugh. the return of the Rhino, or the return of the Rhino, and all the memes. Oh boy! So yeah, I, I, so many memes. That's kind of what I'm seeing. That that'll be neat. Um, so yeah, cool. Uh, and then you had another one. Oh yeah. So, list. uh, you know, I, I've seen the memes out there. They're like, mom, I want this. And mom's like, well, we have this at home. <laughs> so I'm like, um, uh, mom, I want preordained unbanned and modern. And mom's like, no, we have preordained in Zendikar rising. And that card is deliberate a blue instant. That's common. For one and a blue, says scry two, then draw a card. So two things this tells me. One, we are never getting preordained in modern. Never. It is right. that's that case is closed. It is dead. So let any internet chatter on that, gone. Right. Second, oh my god, if I had a brawl chief of compliance or a goblin electromancer, this is preordained. Yeah. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, storm decks are going to have a heyday with this card. Uh, who knows if they'll even replace slide of hand uh, or slide of hands with this because it'd be cheaper wallet wise. Um, plus, it's, it's also all, instant speed. It's instant speed and it's two mana, so it gets right. around Chalice's Avoid on one, which they commonly see when facing Eldrazi Tron. Which I'm not sure how well that deck is doing. I. I I don't think it's doing that well right now in modern, mm. which is weird because there's a bunch of like one mana cost cards floating around at the top of the meta. You would think a chalice on one deck would, especially a bunch of fatties would do well, but yeah, right. It's 2020. Anything's possible, I guess. Um, that format still has Uro in it. So yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. That's uh, unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately. That, that, yeah, the format still has Uro in it. So that's a problem. But yeah, well, and even in non-storm decks, like like in a, a blue-white control deck, like there's possibility of like oh opt. Mm, now how about deliberate instead? Where right. you know, sure you're not doing this on turn one, but generally speaking on turn one you're putting in your colonnade or hallowed fountain tapped, or maybe even a plains to get the path to exile like an early creature or whatever. Uh, you know, being able to draw an extra card. Then go to your second turn, play a land, and like, ah, the opponent's not doing too much. On their end step, I'll deliberate, scry, dig even further in your deck, draw a card, and then take your next turn. You've seen so many cards. Being able to find your force negations or uh, any type of small removal spell or counter spell, you should be able to with deliberate. So, right. Yeah, that th- this card's sweet. Um, this is one of the cards I think was leaked pretty, or not leaked, uh, previewed pretty late in the preview season. So up until that point, I was like, eh, there's some cards and this is neat. Uh, and then I saw that and I'm like, wait, what did they just do? <laughs> right. Yeah. And that common? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a common too. And that's, that's what it's interesting. Yeah. So yeah, pretty sweet. Yeah. Pretty cool. But, um, there, there are some other cards. The cards that, not necessarily specific cards, but like uh, mechanics or functions 
that people are going crazy about. Uh, Joe, what, what's going on with these some of these uh, modal double face cards? You got a couple shout outs for those? Yeah, um, so I, I definitely wanted to, to touch on uh, mainly the ones I want to touch on are the mythic cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everybody knows the mythic cycle of these modal DFCs. Uh, the backsides of these, where you get to play it as a land, uh, they all come into play uh, tapped unless you pay three life, and then they can come into play untapped. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're a single color source. Uh, so there's obviously it's a cycle. You know, there's um, you know one for each color. Uh, and they all have kind of big splashy effects. Uh, but the biggest thing is, is that they are spells that are not spell that are not, that can be lands that you can play untapped. Uh, but they're also not lands in your deck. Uh, and that's like the biggest thing about them. The fact that they're not lands in your deck. Man, uh, a, so it's a good thing. This set isn't aimed for new players. Oh, wait. Well, okay, so let's 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 kind of like so the white one is pretty much garbage, I think. I don't think the white one's playable at all. Yeah, eight mana for planar cleansing effect. Oh is... no 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 no, that's not the mythic one. Uh, that the mythic one is the one oh, that makes the, angels. That's the rare one. Oh my bad. Yeah, the mythic one is the one that makes angels, which is still really good. Like Amiria's call, like for seven mana, making two four fours, uh, angel yeah. warriors with flying, and then non angel creatures. You control gain indestructible until your next turn. Yeah, that that's uh, kind of neat. Like it'll is... probably be good in like other formats, but not like older formats. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, the blue one, uh, Seagate Restoration, mm-hmm. um, is just absolutely absurd. Uh, and it's not because it costs seven mana. Uh, it's because, um, it's costs nothing. Uh, when you are casting it off of omniscience. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, omniscience is in historic. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> yes. So, uh, but uh, that's also going to be really good. In like, uh, is like a one or two of in like Omnitel. Oh yeah. Because uh, this like draws like a lot of cards, and then it also gives you no max hand size. Uh, but then it's also a untapped blue source. Yes. Uh, or you could um, just pitch this to Force of Will. So oh, it's yeah. a land that you can pitch to Force of Will or Force of Negation, but also you can cast it if, if with Omniscience. Uh, so that's absurd. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and usually speaking, the uh, the Omnitel decks aren't empty-handed. Like no. if, if they ever get to a point where they have no cards in hand, they've lost uh, right. almost like 100% of the time. Right. So they're usually sitting with three or four cards in hand. So being able to play this card for free, draw three, four, five more cards, and right. like, oh, hey, there's my, uh, I have an untapped red source, and there's my sneak attack and my Emrakul. Yay! Uh, I think the version this goes in is not the sneak attack version. Oh, I think not this sneak goes attack? Into like, okay. No, I think this goes into like the blue-green Omnitel. Blue-green? Uh, yeah, that's been the thing as of late. Uh, because you get to play, like, a, you can play kind of like a fair game with, like, Ice Fang Quaddle uh, and whatnot, and uh, also get to play Veil of Summer main deck, because uh, all these combo decks want to play Veil of Summer main deck. So. All right, I guess. Um, the Is black one. Uro too? Some do, some don't. Just the, depends. Does Omniscience it's... reduce the cost to escape Uro? No. 
I didn't think so. No. Uh, the black one, uh, Agadim's Awakening, uh, is actually just functionally absurd. Uh, so the biggest thing about this card is that it's uh, X, black, 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 and you return to your graveyard a battlefield for any number of target creature cards that each have a different converted mana cost X or less, but it's also an untapped black source in the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to be really good in uh, fringe decks, but it's mainly going to be really good in oops all spells, uh, <laughs> which is a deck that doesn't play any lands. No, it does not. Right. So, A, this is an untapped black source that is not a land in your deck. Correct. Also, a lot of times when those decks are losing, they're losing because they can't get their creature into play, uh, which is the creatures they're trying to get to play are either like Balustrade Spy or uh, Undercity Informer. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of those two. This returns a creature to the battlefield. And they play a lot of like ritual mana. So like this is reasonable to cast for them. <laughs> Do they still play uh, Wild Cantor? Uh, I don't think so. I'm not. I don't think so. The the kill is really simple now because it's just mainly Thassa's Oracle. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you need to be able to get, you know, your your deck flipped. Right. You know, to do that, and so you know your your biggest problem is I have a bunch of ritual mana, uh, and I can't. Uh, they countered my my first spell of my first um, you know balustrade spy or something like that. Okay. Well, now I need to get that into play. Oh, this card gets it into play. So, you know, it's going to cost, like, what, three or... It's going to cost, like, six or seven or whatever to put, you know, like, Balustrade Spy into play sure. with this. But they play a bunch of Ritual Mana. Oh, yeah. So they yeah, play, like, you know, dark ritual, dark ritual, Cabal Ritual, you know, that sort of thing. Right. So they're just going to be able to get this into play. It's not It's not a huge deal. But also, um, Death Shadow. Uh, the back of this card is an untapped land that costs three life oh it's a bolt land yeah <laughs> it's a bolt land so you can just put this into play oh i'm gonna three life thought sees you go to 15 yep uh and now i have an untapped black source to cast my um you know my death shadows with or on the front face oh uh somehow my death shadows died to like a destruction effect or something like that right put them back into play <laughs> like seems strong so yeah and also like yeah, they have to have a different mana cost, but uh, different converted mana cost. So you can't just like put multiple shadows back into play, but it's still pretty funny. Right. Yeah, and you can get uh, one. Sometimes one is more than enough. Right. Right. Uh, so the red one is intriguing, uh, and it's kind of basically just a big like X spell. Uh, it, it is an untapped red source on the back, though. Uh, biggest thing I see for this uh, is. Uh, that this could also potentially make uh, Goblin Charbelcher a real deck in modern. Uh, because, again, these are cards that are lands that mm-hmm. are not lands in your in your library. So when you are belching somebody, it's going to look at this card and see that it's a sorcery, not a land. Mm-hmm. And it's going to skip right past it. Yep. So you, now you have lands you can play in your deck mana you can play in your deck that when you have this in your open hand you can be like i'm gonna take three life and put this into play as my land oh now i can play uh you know a whatever i need to play to you know that gets me to fast mana to put put in goblin char belcher and then cat and then activate goblin char belcher oh I look i have no other lands in my deck because i have a bunch of these yep that's pretty dumb so like this one and the green one and pop maybe even the black one like you just play like a bunch of these 
and it doesn't matter. Like you're just gonna put them in play as lands. So now whether or not the bolt effect is the biggest hit of that is the real question. Sure. Uh, but uh, I, I think the red one is like good for that, and it's also gonna possibly be good for legacy Belcher in the same fashion. Like we're talking about the same deck, basically. Like you're gonna, they're possibly gonna play a bunch of these as well. Oh yeah, so. yeah. I think uh, one of the few. Well, there's a couple differences. Like there's what Lotus Petal, um, uh, Elvish Spirit Guide. Like, right. Like there, there's some differences to that. But yeah, I could definitely. But see... sometimes you just need a land. Yeah. Like sometimes you just need a land drop. Oh yeah. And like you don't have like a land grant in your hand. This is basically a land grant that is already in your hand. Like, it's just a land grant that's in your hand. Yeah, I could definitely so. see a, a modern Charbelcher deck uh, popping up at FNM. Oh, wait, we can't play paper yeah. right now. It so. might be even show up this weekend, uh, you know, once the set's on, you know, set's released on Moto. You want know, do it. You know, today. Just, just do it. Just go, <laughs> go nuts. Please somehow change the MTGO.com deck list data. To where I'm not seeing Uro decks all the bleeping time. Uh, and then the other one, the last one is the green one. Uh, and that's the uh, Turn 10 Burst Symbiosis, and that's 7 mana. Uh, but uh, this is, like, utterly castable on, like, decks like Elves. This is busted. Uh, yeah, you look at the top 7 cards in your library, you may put a creature card from among them onto the battlefield. If that creature card is CMC 3 or less, it enters with 3 additional plus 1 plus 1 counters, and then you put the rest on your bottom of your library in the random order. Seven, Joe. But seven. it's also, like, seven mana, so... But a lot of these decks just make mana. Like, seven. these decks that you want to put this in just make a lot of mana. Seven. So... And, and you put it into play, so it's like, hmm, seven mana, what I find? Um, oh, there's an Ulamog the Seasons Hunger. I'll just... Right. Just put that... In. It's it's like a giant uh, collecting company. Yeah, and when I first read this, I was like, oh, this seems bad, because if... You, you, cause, uh, you know, it, I thought that it was only looking for creatures with CMC three or less. And then I read it, that the writer for CMC was as if it enters counters or not, and I was like, "Oh, this is dumb." Yeah, because so. say if you only hit a small creature, right? Well, now that creature has uh, three pl- it has plus three plus three essentially. Yeah. So now that small creature is actually a threat. Yeah. yeah. This card is dumb, and yeah. it's going straight into Titan decks. Yeah. Any Titan decks. Amulet oh God, Titan yeah. deck. Holy cow. The Amulet Titan, you know, Valakit decks, uh, Elves. Yeah. You know, this is this is quite possibly your natural order in Elves. You could just play, you could play Crater Hoof Behemoth. Uh, okay, so I have a question then. In Elves, again, like, because I mean, like, modern Elves typically doesn't really play Crater Hoof Behemoth because it just never can cast it. Well, not just that, but I mean, we could put two Shaman of the Trigger uh, triggers on the stack and deal 21 to an opponent without even attacking. Right, yeah, yeah. So it's I, true, it's true. But like, you could also just be like, "Hey, look, this finds me a crater of behemoth, kill you." Yeah, <laughs> like I don't want to so. have to buy crater of behemoth, Joe. Like, they just got reprinted in Jumpstart. Uh, but I, I buy, I would have to buy foils from Absent Restored. That's true. Yeah, and then foils of this. It's like that's a bunch of mythics. Now on historic, like whew, on arena. Oh man, yeah. Like, yeah let me let me. Uh, was it um, Marin uh, that that uh, gets a plus one plus one counter can tap for uh, mana equal? To oh those yeah, Mar- Marwin the Nurturer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, she can get the six or seven like you know, no problem. Ooh. So it's like, huh? All right, uh, tap. Uh, play this. Look at a new hand. Like I don't think people understand the look at the top seven cards. 
Oh yeah. Like there there are cards that are on the reserve list that like memory jar that uh, say and also uh cards that are also restricted in vintage that look at the top seven cards. Yeah. Uh, hello, but, dig through time. Yeah, let's say <laughs> look at the top seven cards. Stop. You're not this even is, you, this is basically green dig through time. Right. You're not like, even done with the sentence and you're at yeah. that point like I get to look at how many? Yeah. Now granted yeah. granted uh, Graph Digger's Cage stops this dead in its tracks. Yeah. So you have to get rid of that. It's a but, May, though, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. But still, like, you look at the, you look at a fresh hand. Right. A fresh hand, like, oh, there's the Crater of Behemoth. Boom. And yeah. sure, you've spent seven mana to find an eight mana card, but sometimes that, that one turn is what it takes. And some of these newer formats, it's basically just natural order. Yeah. Like that's basically what it boils down to is is well, and they also have like you get you get like fierce empath in historic elves too. Yes, uh, but that's also like you have to cast the and then cast crater hoof. Yeah, you know for this you can just cast this, probably get your crater hoof. Yeah, this probably just replaces the fierce empath because I think fierce empath is only like at a two or three of it yeah. anyway. And then and then at the same time, if you <laughs> really need it, it's, it's a land. A, it's an untapped green source. What right? The f- Man, so, yeah. look, but where this will find a home uh, is definitely the Amulet Titan decks because you just play this untapped, play your Amulet. Go, oh, yeah. And oh, then God. next turn you play your Simic Growth Chamber, bouncing this back to your hand. Yeah. Add, add a ton of mana, play uh, Azusa Lost But Seeking, do it again. Like, right. this is going to be nuts in Titan, and maybe, maybe... Maybe, because, I mean, Wizards are recently banned a certain one-mana cost artifact that broke some decks that is or is not the name of a certain Magic the Gathering podcast that we're recording about right now. <laughs> they they banned a one-mana artifact for that. Maybe if someone made a, uh, a podcast called Amulet of Vigor, uh, <laughs> they would ban that card in Modern 2. But who right. knows? Yeah. So that's really all we got uh, for the night. I, uh, I actually wanted to talk about the equipment real quick. Okay. Um, you know, I, I'm looking over the equipment, and I can't remember if we talked about this last week or not, but I'm going to talk about it again. Uh, you know, and, and then I kind of want to mention a point about the list. Um, the equipment in this set, like, for instance, uh, where did it go? This is a white equipment. Uh, equipment that really caught my eye and I started looking at some of the others in the cycle uh, what they do is when you cast them the turn they come into play you can then equip it yeah Maul of the Skyclaves two yeah we white. talked about this card yeah 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 okay Cause I, uh, and this is this is why I'm so just mm, I'm so enamored with this design like I can't believe they did this like, you put into play. Can you imagine they put down Batter Skull? When Batter Skull comes into play, just equip it to put something. it on another creature. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they made the Living Weapon, which is somewhat of the same thing. Yeah. But yeah, still. But um, yeah, that's neat. Uh, I like that design. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's pretty it's sweet. Pretty cool. Now, uh, but did, did we cover the list la- last week? We didn't have the whole We didn't have the whole list or last or time. here, so, but we just had some well, cards uh, that we knew uh, were on it. It's interesting. There's some interesting stuff on the list, and then there's some stuff on the list that's like, what? Like, why is this here? 
Uh, case in point, uh, the very first card in the list, which is iterative analysis, <laughs> which is a conspiracy. Yeah, well, um, I, I have some bad news, Joe. Um, you've mentioned several times during uh, the outro of our show that uh, we hope that Arkham's Astrolabe is banned in Legacy, and uh, we hope it's banned in Standard 2, even though it's not printed in Standard. Well, uh, on the list, which you can find in a set booster pack of Zendikar Rising, is Arkham's Astrolabe. There you go. So they did it, Joe. They printed it into a standard booster. There we go. Yeah. Now we have to get them to ban this card from the list in order for our our continued journey to, to you know, our, our goal to happen, get it banned in every format. Holy cow, they put Goblin Lore in this. Wow. Yeah. There's yeah, a lot there, of wild stuff in this. There's a ton of cards in here, like Renin Six. Oh yeah, is yeah. On no, I saw Renin Six, like Food Chain. Yeah, yeah. That's that's on there. Uh, the promo version of Imperius Perfect. Entreat the angels. Entreat the angels. Yeah. Uh, uh, some of the gods, like I saw Nylia. Uh, you know, so yeah, and those are reasonably expensive. So uh, that's interesting. Uh, some of these greater cards like Chulane that are you can only get in like the brawl packs and stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, where I think you can uh, you can't get them in non foil. So I think this might be like non foil first time for the, some of these cards. I don't know. It, yeah, the cards on the list are, from what I understand, are, are not foil. Right. Um, like uh, the lightning bolt, the art they're choosing for that is the is the magic fest pro. Yeah. So um, you, you can get the helm of Caldra, like um, stuff like that. Like, uh, so yeah, it's um, they're oh, gemstone mine. Sweet. Gemstone mine, Dryad yeah. Arbor, Phyrexian tower. Old the, old, the mind, a saga border printing of Phyrexian tower. Yeah. Th- like, there's like a 25% chance in the set booster to get any one of these cards, th- these 300 cards. And of course the commons will appear more common and uncommon and blah 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 and so on and so forth but you know the fact that they even bothered right to put arkham's astrolabe into a standard booster is, is i super feel amazing. like i feel like we've been called out yeah it's super amazing. I, I feel like we've been called out joe yeah. we, we need to get on them about this yeah. hey monastery mentor yeah oh yeah yeah that was another uh, one i'm like neat. huh i'm gonna have to look at this a little bit deeper later uh yeah but yeah seems neat so, all right. Well, let's let's start wrapping up here. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, a a shorter uh, episode, yeah. uh, than some of our usuals. Yeah. Uh, as we get back in the swing of things, as we both enter the fall season. So, uh, thank you all for watching or listening, watching something watching, like listening. that. Yeah. You're doing both. Like, come on. Let's be honest. You're, you're uh, going over the cards in Scryfall because. God forbid they'd be put on uh, the gatherer the day before the cards release digitally. Um, but you're going over these cards with us on Scryfall as we're talking and looking and stuff. And uh, if you have any questions or comments, you know, uh, please hang out. We're going to tell you ways you can contact us. Uh, and that way, you know, we could hear from you, hear your thoughts. Heck, tell us what cards you like in the set. You know, we definitely want to know. Why don't you start? Hmm? Why don't you start with telling people where you can find you? Well, I, they they like the dulcet sounds 
of your I was talking about where where they could contact us. But yeah. if you want to contact me specifically and you like hearing the dulcet tones of my voice over Joe, then you can contact me at MTG Packfoils on Twitter uh, and Facebook and also see my articles every Thursday over at legitmtg.com. Joe also writes articles. Joe, tell us where people can read your work. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at VolrathXP. You can also find my articles every Wednesday and every Friday on MTG Goldfish uh, with uh, This Week in Legacy and uh, the Vintage 101 columns. Uh, it's going to be an interesting week next week because, uh, uh, you know, we've got, you know, the release of Zendikar Rising and all that stuff. Uh, but also uh, just kind of be on the lookout that I have a another uh, article featuring uh, what I like to com- now refer to as the Legacy Roundtable. Oh, uh, and so this is something I did earlier this year uh, after it was after the banning of Arkham's Astrolabe in modern uh, because it kind of restirred that conversation uh, for uh, legacy. And so people mm-hmm. were like all upset about uh, legacy and not uh, them not banning stuff like Oko and Astrolabe and, you know, that sort of stuff. And so we just had this big conversation with a bunch of people. You know, it said, hey, you know, what do you think about this card? What do you think about this card? What do you think about this card? Is there anything that you think could change? Is there anything you think could be unbanned? Do you think there's anything that needs to else that I, we missed that needs to be banned? That sort of thing. What do you think about the format right now? And we had like four or five people, and they just kind of put all their thoughts together in a Google Doc. And it worked out really well, honestly. It was really good. We had a good group of people the last time. Uh, folks like uh, Nate Golia from uh, Eternal Turtles uh, was on there. Uh, Rob Wilson, who's a, a Columbus local. Uh, to us who runs uh, the Buffalo Chicken Dip Legacy uh, events. Uh, so uh, a couple guys like him. Uh, that, uh, we also had a couple guys like uh, Marcus uh, Ilwald, uh, who is uh, super, super great, uh, you know, high tide slash combo slash anything player. He used to be an old school Miracles player. Uh, so really, really, really uh, smart dude. Uh, so we had a whole bunch of people. Uh, so this time uh, I've got another, a different group of people. Uh, because the idea behind the Legacy Roundtable is that uh, we kind of convene with different people, kind of get different ideas and different uh, outlooks on it. Uh, so we're just trying to kind of get people interested. So uh, I've got one of my one of my thing people I've got is actually a group of three people because it's uh, the combined consensus of the hosts of the In Response Legacy podcast. Oh, uh, they're okay. a European podcast. Uh, and so the three, they were like, can we just answer like as a consensus, like as us? And there was like, yeah, sure. Like that sounds great. Like, so got him, uh, I've got Phil Gallagher, uh, from Thraben university, uh, mm-hmm. in on it. Um, Max Gilmore, uh, who is uh Max Torsion on Twitter. Uh, so he's going to kind of help out a little bit. Uh, so it's going to be, uh, I also have, um, one of my favorite, uh, set review guys. Uh, that every time we go into a set, he always posts these really great in-depth set review pictures, uh, which is mm-hmm. uh, Peter Vanderham. Uh, shout out to Peter. Like, he's a fantastic guy. Like he's just, he does, he's very analytical and very great to talk to. And so he kind of was chimed in and said, hey, I want to help you out with this. So, so yeah, it's going to be an interesting week next week because I'm sure people are going to talk about a lot a because lot, <laughs> it's, you know, the, everybody's favorite topic of, does this card deserve to get banned or not? Like, <laughs> you know, oh, man. And yeah, it's people been, uh... have really strong feelings about like cards like Oko uh, oh, and um, 
like I think the, like the three big hitters we hit in this one was Astrolabe, Oko, mm-hmm. and Vale Summer. Uh, and I left Uro yeah. off the table because I don't think Uro will get banned in Legacy ever, but uh, it's still no. really stupid. So uh, it, it is, but like in the real, real quick here is we're in the, in our close. Yeah, I think Uro, and even to an extent Oko, uh, as far as Legacy, they're okay. I, I don't really see Oko being as bad in Legacy as it was in Modern. I think Oko uh, but, is just as bad. Really? I've come, I'm coming around to this. Coming around. I'm coming okay. around to this see, discussion where I do think it would be the format would probably be better off if he was just gone. We, see, so, we flip flop. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I, I but, but yeah, and it's only because like in the recent past couple months, like uh, the the whole narrative on Oko has changed a lot. Like it's now we're starting okay. to see that you know the relationship between Oko and Arkham's Astrolabe is not the power of Oko. Uh, the power of Oko is, you know, him seeing play in Delver, him seeing play in this deck and this deck and that deck, and he just invalidates complete swaths of decks. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's just weird. Like, it's just, it, it's so odd how he homogenizes control, he homogenizes other decks. It's, clearly, it's it, there's something wrong, uh, and I think that it, the format would probably benefit if he was gone, like... Now, there are some people okay. that are like, oh, I want to see Arkham's Astrolabe go bye-bye because, you know, with Arkham's Astrolabe gone, Oko gets harder to cast, and they're completely ignoring the fact that Delver's playing it. You know? Yeah, and, uh, like, that's not, that's not harder to cast. Right, that's, no. <laughs> you know, so, that, that's cast Oko with days backup. Right, like. yeah. So it's that's the awkward thing about uh, this conversation is that finally starting, there are a couple of people that I've talked to, that are finally starting to come around to that position where you're like, yeah, this card maybe needs to go, but it's maybe mm. not powerful enough to go, but it's definitely homogenizing the format too much. It's definitely yeah. having a format warping effect on the format. For sure. And a lot of people I know are just like, I can't play this format because it's so I'm so tired of seeing these cards. So and, and that like there's been a lot of discussion in all formats about, you know, oh, this card's too powerful. It's got to go. Like Luxus, for example. The Luris, you People mean? want it. Or, no, no, Luxus. The, the, oh, Muxus. Or Muxus. Muxus. Yeah, sorry, Muxus. The, the got Because it was appearing in uh, the historic uh, tournament this past weekend. Right. And all these cards, it's like, oh, this deck is at the top because of this card. That card has to go. And, like, that's the chatter. And it's like, can we stop? Yeah. Can, can we, like let formats let, let people just play the cards they want to play yeah it, it sucks that you know maybe you're just getting destroyed by goblins i think it's neat how they assemble their their uh their machine of stuff and just kill you that that's kind of neat right. kind of like elves right right but like just this constant chatter of ban this ban that ban that it, it just gets in, senseless yeah. like you know that's why i'm glad you're doing these round tables because you can get actual legitimate thoughts from people instead of just Twitter doors. Right. And and I so. and I think really what helps uh the uh the consensus there is that uh data, you know, taking the data and looking at the data and saying, well, really by looking at this, you can see the effect this card has had on the format. Uh mm-hmm. and overall, and you can see which decks are not showing up that could exist, but they don't because Oko just completely invalidates those decks. Right, so. and you show a lot of that data with your work on the uh, uh, This Week in Legacy and, and Vintage 101 articles 
uh, that you write on goldfish. So now, if you haven't checked it out yet, you know. Obviously, hilariously enough, well, like, uh, Vintage actually ends up being the only format, the only format, I feel like, where Oko is fine. <laughs> Which is weird, because you can turn your Black Lotus into an elf. Yeah, but, like, the card's only, in. like, playable in, like, two or three archetypes. Yeah, so, okay, like, it's fair. it's playable in Blue Xerox that play is playing either Rug or Four-Color Xerox or Oath mm-hmm. of Druids. Uh, none of those things do things like paradoxical outcome. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, oh, my opponent played an Oko. Cool. I'm going to storm off now and kill you. Like, <laughs> or, oh, my opponent played an Oko. Um, here's a bunch of, you know, uh, damage and stuff like that. It gets rid, or, you know, here's a, a pyroblast or whatever. Cause you know, Oko in a four pyroblast format. You know, uh, yeah. yeah. So that's that's just basically it. Like, there's a lot of decks that kind of invalidate, or or like, oh, my opponent played an Oko. Okay, here's two Vengevines and two Hollow Ones and a, and a Hogak. Have fun. Wait, wait a minute. So you're saying that Oko would have been fine if there were appropriate answers for the card? It, no, it's not that. It's, it it's, it's the format. The fact that I, the the cards in the format ignore it. Yeah. yeah, like that's that's the thing. Like the rest of the format, kind of there are, there are decks in the format that can just simply ignore it completely. Okay. Like I said, if when your opponent goes, ah, I have an Oko, ha, 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 and you're like, cool, here's here's thirty, you know, here's twelve power on board in turn one. Right. Have fun. Like, go ahead and elk yep. one of my guys. I don't care. Like, nice elk, right? Bro. Oh, and like, not only that, it's like here's twelve power on board. Here's eight of it swinging right now. Because you know right. there's two Venge Vines or something like that. You know, bizarre decks are just so good against those decks because they make these big lot of creatures that Oko can't keep up with. So, mm-hmm. which is why you see in Legacy the deck that beats Delver right now, even though Delver's like this deck, big deck and it's a good deck and it beats a lot of things. The deck that beats Delver a lot is Hogak, and that's because Hogak creates a lot of pressure. Yeah, uh, and it does it quickly. Like that's the other thing is like they can't very easily deal with it because it because de- a lot of their hate is not permanent based. So, yeah, it's the fire hose of the format. Yeah. So, anyways, um, so when when's your your legacy roundtable article? When when can people expect to see that? Uh, next week. So, next week. Yeah. Okay, so from the time they hear this podcast. Next week. Yep. Okay. Yep. Awesome. Looking forward to it. All right. So uh, you can also find the cast uh, at the Astrolab cast on Twitter, and you can also find us on um, Google, e- Google email, Gmail at the Astrolab podcast, gmail.com. Uh, so if you have any feedback or anything like that, please get in touch with us. Uh, just let us know what you want to see, what you want us to talk about. So, uh, but on that note, uh, we're going to wrap up here uh, and get going. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, have a great night. Uh, and hopefully you guys are staying safe and everybody's doing great and just have a good night. So take it easy, guys. Hey, the Reds won their fifth in a row. All right.